KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, September 9th. Improving health services for incarcerated people. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. The county's Suicide Prevention Council released its annual report on the status of suicides in San Diego. The county behavioral health director, Dr. Luke Bergman, says the pandemic exposed the inequities correlated with mental health. He says rates of psychological distress among people in lower income brackets are especially high during both the pandemic and in previous years. Bergman says the most important thing we can do is check in with others. One of San Diego County's former top doctors is suing, alleging that he was retaliated against and fired due to disability discrimination. Dr. Nick Yefentides was the county's chief medical officer for more than a decade, and he was one of the most visible officials leading the region's response to the pandemic early on. He says after working around the clock relating to the COVID response, he broke down, suffering depression and anxiety, which resulted in him taking a medical leave. When I returned, It was clear to me that I was viewed by the county as damaged goods, and within a few months, the county fired me. His attorneys allege after the medical leave, county officials demanded he take a fitness test, which wasn't completed before he was let go. A county spokesperson says they don't comment on pending litigation. Heat advisories are in effect today through Friday night for the mountains and valley areas of San Bernardino, San Diego, and Riverside counties. The state's power grid operator, or CalISO, also issued a flex alert for 4 to 9 p.m. today. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego County leaders announced a new framework to address drug use and mental health in jails. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says the goal of the program is to stop the cycle of drug use, which officials say will save lives and make communities safer. If we don't have this investment, then all of the other things we are doing 
uh, are not going to be nearly as effective as they should. County officials are shifting what they do in jails, spending $25 million to address the underlying causes of addiction and mental health during and continuing after incarceration. Right now we have very limited medically assisted treatment programs in the jail. It's primarily for our pregnant females. Under Sheriff Kelly Martinez says around 160 county health workers will be brought into jails, offering treatment to inmates who have substance abuse issues. Right now they don't have any kind of program that'll bring them down off of those drugs. They just have to um, come off of the drugs on their own. So this will provide them some other medications that will make that easier. The new plan calls for people to be screened for substance abuse disorders, then be offered participation in the treatment program. County Behavioral Health Services Director Luke Bergman says if people accept, they will be offered medication prescribed by a doctor. That medication has huge amounts of evidence behind it. It really, really works. It works in community settings. Evidence has demonstrated that. It works in jail settings. Bergman says just having people going through withdrawals is not ideal. They will often be at elevated risk of relapse if they have had opioid use disorder and also at elevated risk of overdose and overdose death. Supervisor Nathan Fletcher, who helped get funding and additional staff for the program, gave a hypothetical example of a heroin user going through withdrawals in jail. There's nothing that is dealing with that underlying issue. And so when they get released, they go back out on the street and the first thing that they have to do is go find heroin. But their tolerance has been lowered because they've been incarcerated. And so the mortality tables will show you you're more likely to overdose if you were in jail. Part of the program involves offering treatment after people are released from jail. The changes haven't started yet, and officials say it will take some time to implement them countywide. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. A new study finds the push to secure more water in California may hurt the state's ability to meet greenhouse gas reduction goals. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more. A new study from the nonpartisan group Next10 and the water think tank the Pacific Institute finds the state's drive for drinkable water may actually increase greenhouse gas emissions in the future. The Pacific Institute's Peter Glick says the study examined the connection between water use and power. It takes a tremendous amount of energy, it turns out, to collect, to produce, to treat, to distribute, and to use the water that we use in California. Droughts fed by climate change will likely increase local pressure to tap into new water sources, but two San Diego strategies, desalination and treatment of used water, both carry high energy price tags. The report finds reducing the demand for the water is key, and conservation remains the most climate-friendly strategy. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. A second record fire season in a row is upon us, with no end in sight. As CAP Radio's Mike Haggerty tells us, CAL FIRE is urging Californians to stay vigilant. CAL FIRE Chief Tom Porter says we should resist the urge to think Labor Day marks the end of summer and the end of fire season. Some have turned to a uh, looking forward as if this is now fall, uh, summer season is over. We're right smack in the middle of wildfire peak season. History backs Porter up. Autumn has traditionally been a time of the most extreme wildfires in California, as vegetation is at its driest. The 2018 campfire, which killed 85 people and destroyed much of the town of Paradise, began in November. Cal Fire's long-range weather models for September through December don't offer much cause for optimism. The entire state shows drier, more wind events, 
and large fire activity could, to continue. Porter says if you see smoke, don't assume someone else has reported it. Call it in. And if you're ordered to evacuate, leave so his firefighters can do their jobs of protecting lives and property. And that was CAP Radio's Mike Haggerty reporting from Sacramento. Film Out San Diego's LGBTQ Film Festival returns to an in-person event tonight with a film from Estonia called Firebird. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando has this review. Firebird will be the in-person opening night feature for Film Out San Diego's LGBTQ Film Festival. The film begins in 1977 at a Soviet Air Force base where a young soldier falls in love with a dashing fighter pilot. Someone filed report about us. What? They didn't mention your name, but but the KGB knows something. Although the film set in the past, director Peter Rebena says it's very much about current issues. It's really uh, heartbreaking and and in a way scary to see what's going on around the world really in the last 10 years. I mean, you know, look at Iran or Afghanistan, you can get killed for who you love and executed officially by the state. And Russia has is, is been worryingly actually going also back towards much more discrimination and, and really hate speech and hate crime over the last eight years since the introduction of this uh, new laws against uh, quote-unquote homosexual propaganda. Firebird star Tom Pryor is coming to Film Out's opening night this evening at the San Diego Natural History Museum. The festival then continues through Sunday at the Museum of Photographic Arts. And that was KPBS's Beth Accomando. Coming up, this Saturday will be 20 years since the 9-11 attacks on America. Everybody wanted to do something, and I just consider, I was considering myself lucky because I had a mission to do. Or at least I should say, looking back, I consider myself lucky because of something that I could focus on. Stories of San Diegans who answered the call to help in the nation's time of need. That's next, just after this break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. Saturday marks 20 years since 9-11. In the hours following the attacks, most of us were still trying to get our minds around what happened. But a select few firefighters trained in rescue operations were already heading to New York. KPBS's John Carroll brings us the story of two San Diego firefighters who answered the call to help. 
The images from that day are seared into our consciousness. The attacks at the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center, a plane slamming directly into the Pentagon, another meant for the U.S. Capitol, forced off course by a group of passengers, crashing into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But for some San Diegans, the memories from that day are more than images. They saw the devastation firsthand once they arrived in Manhattan to help. I was a member of the Urban Search and Rescue Team, um, California Task Force 8. I was on the Urban Search and Rescue Team. John Wood and Matt Nilsen, today an assistant chief and battalion chief, back then San Diego firefighters. We interviewed Chief Wood in front of Fire Station 21 in Pacific Beach, where a beautiful memorial stands to those who gave everything on that day. Two shiny replicas of the Twin Towers, and sitting between them, a piece of steel from the real towers. Like most of us of a certain age, Wood and Nilsen both recall clearly where they were and what they were doing when they learned of the attacks. I was um, at my home in Rancho Penasquitos and having uh, two little babies at home and then my wife and educator Shelby was um, at work. I had um, laid down because I learned to sleep when the babies sleep and she called me and said, hey, put the news on real quick. So I'm, I know everybody does remember those. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. Nilsen was out for a morning jog. Back then, there was no cell phone coverage where he was running. As soon as I got back into cell coverage, because I was down on the beaches um, west of the Sunset Cliffs, and I got back and my wife had called and, and explained to me what was going on. And then I uh, finished my jog and got back home was watching the news. But there was very little time to watch the news. Wood says within a half hour of seeing the devastation unfold on TV, he was packing his bags. We were, you know, packing up and getting ready to go, getting down to our, our rescue warehouse and getting ready to take 80 members um, to there, be ready within four hours. Matt Nilsen's specialty back then, as it is today, was communications. He arrived before his fellow San Diegans, there just hours after the attacks. The job of setting up equipment so people could communicate was urgent. So I was on a forward mission and was on top of the Western Union building the very first night um, that was looking directly into the pile and I was climbing up on scaffolding and installing antennas and establishing communications for a task force. Nilsen says he was as prepared as he could be for the site that would greet him in New York and though Ground Zero was a nightmarish place at that time he's thankful his career called him to be in that place at that moment. Everybody wanted to do something and I just consider I was considering myself lucky because I had a mission to do or at least I should say looking back I consider myself lucky because of something that I could focus on. Once his job setting up radio communications was complete, Nilsen joined his fellow firefighters down on the pile. Both he and Wood say there were some truly awful moments. We covered a, recovered a lot of body parts while we were there and, and you know you, you, the biggest thing is if um, is the smell right so a lot of times we're in in horrific low light conditions but you could smell something. And so we'd bring our dogs in if we, we could get them in there. People don't, they lose sight on how important closure is. If you've ever lost somebody, you want to know what happened. Now, 20 years later, a good place to get a visceral feel for what happened is found downtown at the San Diego Firefighters Museum. There are displays that bring back the unspeakable loss suffered that day, including a picture showing the faces of all 343 New York City firefighters who lost their lives in the towers. In total, more than 3,000 people died on 9-11. 
And the message from back then is the one hometown heroes like John Wood and Matt Nilsson still remind us of today. Never forget. And that was KPBS's John Carroll. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you.